Well, I'm going to pray, and uh, and then we can uh, we can start. And Father, we thank you for just a beautiful opportunity to receive from your word, from your very presence. And uh, I'm asking, and I'm sure we're all asking together, that you would give us the perfection of the counsel that we need. That would be the equal of your timing and your provision for you to be glorified through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, we would be blessed as we come in treatable many times to receive things that seem to go beyond our capacity. But like the old saying says that when you want us to grow and you teach the child to stretch, you don't always put the jelly on the, on the bottom shelf. You begin to put it up. And as they grow, you, you keep rising to, to bring them, to bring us to a place to behold your beauty, to behold your holiness as you make yourself known. A beautiful opportunity that we have this morning. And we're just thankful that we can come. Yeah, that's what they did every morning in Exodus, the 16th chapter. In answer to what they needed, the food that they needed to continue to go forward, not to settle down in the world, but to go forward to their promised land. He sent the manna and he sent it every single morning. And every single morning is when God has the food, the manna that Jesus Christ is. We see it in the type in Exodus, the 16th chapter. We also see it, Father, we see it very clearly in John the 6th chapter, in John chapter 6, verses 30 to 58. They got up every morning. They got up every single morning, man, woman, and child, children that had a will able to respond to knowing God making himself known to us, no greater thing. And as he does it through Jesus Christ, and of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that you just bless the short time that we have this morning out of a day, a very short time out of a whole day. We can set ourselves apart. All of us, we all come. We all come, Father, because we want to feed on our precious Savior. We want to assimilate him, meditate on him grow in him so that he by you giving him to us and him giving himself to you and to us he thereby may be glorified in us and be the true tr treasure that's in us not material things but the true treasure in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7 we thank you Lord in Jesus name amen okay well this morning what I wanted to do I had some God's counsel to me and, and uh, to all of us through his word. And he brings us this counsel like only he can do and he alone. We're just vessels. 
for vessels that he so desires to pour himself into personally and then through us to others so that others can know him in all his glory. And this is a tremendous thing. This is a time, I believe, for, for all of us, for me, I can speak for myself, and I, I do believe for all of us, that God is rapidly, because the time is so short in 1 Corinthians seven twenty nine, that he's redeeming the time, things that we've missed in the whole counsel of God in Acts 20 and 27. You see, when Paul said that in Acts 20 and 27, he said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, we know that all the counsel of God is Jesus Christ himself. The measure by which God makes himself known, manifests himself, reveals himself in a revelation that doesn't change, but the glory and the light of it, we grow in it, in all of its beauty. I'm going to get into it tomorrow about the beauty of his holiness and what that means all through the particular things that are in the word of God. And he's given us his son and he's going to continue to give him to us in the measure of that love relationship. Preparing us now to see him face to face in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12 for each of us to function in him individually in Revelations 2 and verse 17. For all eternity. And this is what makes time very important. Make, it's what makes the word very, very important. You see, the Israelites, to go forward, they had to get up every morning and feast on the word. Feast on the manna that came down. I don't really want to get into those particular things this morning. But one thing I do, I, I really believe that God wants us to understand is for instance, in the message that was given on, on Tuesday, which was really speaking of the image, and part of our image is, is God was bringing out to us, part of our image really is that prayer, the Holy Spirit prayer that God gave to Paul when he was speaking to the Thessalonians and doing so he was speaking to us that his, his prayer was that, that would what? I pray, God, your whole what? Spirit, soul, and your body be preserved blameless until the, until the day of the Lord, the day that we meet him face to face and get into that personal fellowship in the way that he has designed our humanity so that his spirit can take precedence over the soul God consciousness takes precedence over self-consciousness, which is the soul, so that we can function in that body. That's why it says in Romans 12 and verse 1, where it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is only your, your reasonable service. And in that way, you won't be conformed to this world, system, but you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, when we talk about the mind, when the Bible talks about the mind, there are five parts that make up the soul, the self-consciousness, and it's the mind, the emotions, the will, 
self-consciousness and the conscience, of course, that we have in Christ, positionally the conscience. This is where all those others go into the conscience, where we have a cleansed conscience. And that's in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. We have that cleanse. We have that cleansing because Jesus Christ has defeated the devil. He's defeated him. In Hebrews 2 and verse 14 and 15, he's taken that blood and what he worked and accomplishment and brought it into the heavens in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. And now we, in verse 13, then we have a cleansed conscience. That cleansed conscience keeps out the dead works of a body or of a humanity or even of a brain and how it functions outside of the flesh. Because this is where all the addictions and the attachments of every single kind that you can imagine, they become attached to the brain. This is, without getting into it in detail, this is what the psalmist, Jesus Christ, the Word, God the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Christ, was bringing out in Psalm 16, verse 6. He said, the lines are fallen unto me in very pleasant places. What's the most pleasant place that God has in mind? It's His Son. It's His Word. It's His will. And those lines of behavior, after functioning a certain amount of time, literally, scientifically, you can see this, where it, 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 it functions in grooves or lines of behavior, of behavior. Very, very interesting how this is, this is brought out. Listen, that's what, that's what it says. That's why it says that in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, as a man thinks in his mind, not heart, ticker, no, mind. In his mind, so is he. In his mind, leb, L-E-B. In his mind, so is he. <laughs> See that? Proverbs 23 and verse 7. Uh, that was Proverbs 23 and verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 30, uh, verse 23 says, Guard your heart, your mind with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So the issue is either going to be self-conscious living, self-conscious living. Where do we suppose, where do we suppose that the spirit and soul that is in us, we know that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23, we know that we were created in God's image in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We recreated him, and by the way, male and female, no change there. In Genesis 5, 1 and 2, God doesn't change his mind in the way that he created individuals. There's absolutely no question about that. He created us in his image. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. That's why it says again, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it, are the issues of life. Listen, where do we suppose that that spirit and that soul are located in our physical bodies? It's in our head. Functions beautifully. When the Holy Spirit is in control, in control, literally, even our vocal cords, they have to come under the control. That's Proverbs. That's Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's a thought. Where does that happen? 
in self-consciousness or God-consciousness, which is going to be expressed through the mind, the emotions, the will, the self-consciousness and the conscience, which are all in control of what? Who's in control of their own brain? Who is in control of that? Shouldn't it be the Creator? Shouldn't it be Jesus Christ? And that's why I believe that, that God is challenging us to think and to bring us into a deeper, more intimate walk. That's the whole point of it. It's not declarative knowledge. It all has to do with the depth of intimacy. It really does. And we may not understand it, and we need to be careful, especially leaders and pastors and teachers. When God gives us things and we don't understand them, we need to go to him, not go to anyone else, especially to those that we give the word to. We need to be very, very careful with that. All of us do. We need to be careful. We need to go to him. We need to. We need to. And, uh, and then he, he will give us wisdom. That's James 1, 5. If we lack wisdom, what do we do? We're to ask. What does that take? It takes humility. It takes a prayer life. It does. And we may never have heard these certain things before. But I mean, did God create our physical bodies? Did he not? Did he not create our brain and how it functions? It's so Look at the human body. Just think, the intestines of the human body over 30, how long is it? Is it 30 feet or 30 miles? I get confused. It's a lot. Just think of it. Giving us a heart. The greatest pump you ever saw in your life. <laughs> pumping life. Pumping life into the physical body. The brain and all its neurons and synapses, and how it functions. You know how the enemy, through a lack of submission, wants to bring in things that come in between and cause distance, cause us to function in the self-life, in the self-life. This is what makes these things so very important. Listen, none of us, I can know nothing. I can know nothing until he explains it to me. Every time we open this book, when I look at it, I, I, I can't, I, my choice is to live by self-determination and self-consciousness or being controlled by God, the Holy Spirit. To take the things of Christ, to show them unto me. And this it brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 16. You know, we have the mind of Christ. Brand new. We can think that way while we're on our way. He didn't take away the will of Adam when he fell so that he could still make proper choices. Listen, all those addictions and all those things become attached as a result of the soul functioning apart from God in all of us, in all of us. And then to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is, is sin in James 4 and verse 17. You see, so there's always going to be this separating, sanctifying process in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. The word of the Lord is living. Where does he live in us? Where in our physical bodies? In our head. Our own head, apart from Christ, our head? 
You know, he's given us, he, he hasn't taken away our will. He hasn't taken away our brains and how they function. But just think, being redeemed, how they can function in his glory because Christ is our head and no longer ourselves. Christ is the head of our each body, by the way. That's Colossians 1.18, Colossians 2 and verse 19. Each of us are his temple. And 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, we're not our own. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And when we hear things that are beyond our capacity, and they are, he, he, this, the word, the correlations are so far beyond my capacity, my personal capacity. I, I have my capacity, it's Christ, but to have that, to understand it, takes the Holy Spirit in John 16, 13, and 14 to take those things that are Christ and to show them unto us. So how we, so we can think properly, that we can have a spiritual relationship and not a soulless relationship, and that our bodies can be his. <laughs> Even our minds, our brains. Boy, the brain, oh my gosh. It's such an incredible thing. And yet it's very, very sensitive. <laughs> very, very sensitive to input, to impulses, to the forces of either God's love or evil. And this is what it goes into in a very deep and beautiful way. And we're going to be on our way. Listen. And right now, this is what I believe. I believe that God was, was giving it. And I do be, believe it uh, uh, based upon the preponderance of the scriptures that God, the Holy Spirit, can only give and can only teach us. We're just vessels. That's all we are. We're not the source. I'm not the source. Christ is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, we can ha he can be our head right here in our head. We're on our way to have glorified bodies, but right now, he, need, he wants to be glorified in our minds, in our <laughs> souls, even in, through our brains. He wants to be glorified and that we can be that light we can give a word of wisdom in Colossians 4 and verse, uh, verse 5 because of the grace, the salt that preserves our mind and keeps it pure in Colossians 4 and verse 6. To keep out anything that's corrupt, any thought life entering into language. Is not our brain in control? But what is, what is in control of our brain? Is it the spirit, the human spirit submitted to the Holy Spirit or is it the soul, self-consciousness, apart from him. So now I use that very brain <laughs> to have distance from him and to preserve my self-life. Right now we have that, but we're on our way to our glorified bodies. We're on our way to have them. The most incredible way, Philippians 3.20, 21 and down through. We're on our way to have these that glory. And that's why it says in Romans 8, 18, for I reckon, I impute it all, logizomai, I impute it all, count it all up, that the sufferings of this present time, which is approximately about an hour compared to all eternity, if we can even do that with it. I think it's even less. It's a snap your fingers in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Snap your fingers, blink your eyes, 
you're in his presence. <laughs> oh, God. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared. Listen to what it says. To the glory that will be revealed in us, on us, through us, and all around us. And there's where we get our glorified bodies. Do you see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, 1-5? His whole body was lit up with glory. That's the diamond. That's the, that's the white stone in Revelation 2 and verse 17. His whole body was lit up and glorified. Glorified. That's where we're headed to. <laughs> but right now we have him here. We have him. So that he is our head over the head here in the control of our body and it can be used by him and not abused by the enemy to bring the glory of God, to be a written epistle in 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 6, because in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Well, then who is sufficient for these things? In 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 16, it is 1 Corinthians 2, 16, the mind of Christ. So let that word that is the mind of Christ in Colossians 3 and verse 16 dwell in you. Dwell in you richly with all wisdom. Supernatural ability. Supernatural ability. Right now, right now, the world doesn't know us because they don't know the one. They don't know Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that reveals it right now as our head over our head. But soon they will. Our bodies, our whole bodies, in Romans 8, 18, will be lit up. <laughs> A new body. Our brand new bodies will be lit up, redeemed in a beautiful way. And nothing of the old, not one line of the old. That's why the psalmist said, the lines have fallen out unto me in very pleasant places. Pleasing places to God the Father with Christ in me in Colossians 1 and verse 27. And in Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 23, he's in me. Soon to be in a brand new body all around me. In me and all around me. In the most unique and beautiful and personal way. And this is what it means. You know, it, it is the word of God in, in the depth of the study that only the Holy Spirit can do and bring us. About even the physical body. And even how it functions, our physical bodies. There's no proper understanding of our physical bodies, our minds, our physical bodies in every single part of it, apart from the Word of God. Never. Never. No. Because it was Christ in his pre-incarnate state in Genesis 2 and verse 7 that formed our bodies from the dust of the ground. But then he breathed into us the breath of lives. And then man, it says, became a living soul. A living soul, and as long as Adam received in obedience the word of God, he functioned that way. Very limited at the time, too, because many believe that it wasn't too much longer that he failed. Just, just like any of us can do. Fellowship with him is so sensitive. It's so sensitive because it's so deep and so intimate. And even the brain, the way he's created our brain, God, 
in all of its parts. Uh, very, very, very beautiful. And he created us. Where is creation? In Ephesians 2.10. That even my mind, my emotions, my will, my self-consciousness, not outside of Christ, and my conscience can reflect the glory of the treasure that's within me in 2 Corinthians 4.7. Where do you suppose that is? It's right here. It's in our head. And as our head is controlled by him, and he's the one master in Matthew 6 and verse 24, then my whole body will be a living sacrifice to him. And this is where we're growing in his grace. And we're growing in his knowledge. He so deeply desires because of the way he created. Listen, he created us because he wanted himself known to us. That's why he created us. Christ did not take on the form of angels. No. No, he didn't. He took on the form of man. The true man. The true man. The true image of God. And we have that now in time as we're on our way to our eternity. Our eternal, intimate depth of fellowship. He cleanses the conscience. Thank you, God, through the finished work in Hebrews 9 and verse 14. So we can see how it works in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. Walk in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Our character, functioning in our proper character. And may, by the grace of God of our, in our growth and in, in grace and truth, May our behavior, our conduct, be the equal of our character. Because it will have an effect. It will have an effect on our physical bodies. How we think, that's Proverbs 23, 7, and Proverbs 4 and verse 23. How we think affects our physical bodies. Most diseases, most of the pains that we have, I'm being very honest with you, like 90% of them are psychosomatic where we get the word suke, soul, affecting the soma, the body. That's where we get that word, psychosomatic. That English word, which is made up of two Greek words. That's why there's got to be a separation. A separation. Every single bit of it. And this has to do with even how we function, spirit, soul, and body. And we, can, we have to present those bodies. And where do we suppose that starts? Well, with how we think. With how we think. Uh, and, and given my members, does that include our brain? What did, what did he create that for? The soul and the spirit, I believe. That's where they reside in us now. Here. But I do believe Based upon Romans 8 and verse 18 and Revelations 2 and verse 17 and scores of other scriptures. But our whole body will be lit up. But he can light us up now and he does so in our thinking so that we don't allow that soul to take advantage of the body under, under Satan. And that's why they said in Psalm 34 and verse 5 that when they had shame and but when they submitted, they were lit up with his presence. <laughs> they were lit up. And that's what God has given us. 
these even these physical bodies and created in his image we will have brand new bodies nothing of the old nothing of the old but brand new bodies that will reflect our own individual glory in an exchange of a love life with christ again in revelation 2 and verse 17 and thereby that will be the depth of, uh, uh, and the measure of the fellowship that we can have with each other. <laughs> and even in that sense, joints that supply each of us forever. But we all have that individually and intimately. And so that is why, that is why even in, in sometimes messages like that, that even that, that went into prayer. God, should I even do it? I don't, I don't feel capable. I know you are, but, but should I do this? Oh, Father, please, just lead me and guide me and give us the counsel that we all need. And he does that, and he does it to challenge us. You know, and part of the challenge is, and part of, part of our growing is humility, things that we can't understand when we want to understand them because that goes into timing and provision. Listen, literally right here, and right there for all of us. That's where it comes. It's part of our humility. He makes us wait. He's got to make us wait because it has timing and provision. And in his time and his provision, then we're going to have life, just like he gave Sarah and Abraham. Promised them that in Genesis 18, 12 to 15. He promised them that it would be a time of life. And, and even in her doubt and mocking God, that's what the soul does apart from the Spirit. Being submitted to God, the Holy Spirit, to take the things of Christ and show them unto us so that we don't live in doubt, Romans 14 and verse 23, because doubt comes from, a, uh, from some sense of condemnation in, in Romans 14 and verse 22. But he had to bring them to a place of self-helplessness and self-hope. And when we understand that it is all God in each vessel, it ends the comparison. It ends in who we choose we think we need to receive from. And then some of these things are too much for us. Well, they wouldn't be if God was giving them to us. They wouldn't be. And even what he gives us, and every part, which is a part of the whole, we're going to still grow in for all eternity. But we can rest. We can rest in his love and be entreatable and be taught in humility. Humility. You know, honestly, it is his grace that humbles us. The difference there, and I'll close with this, the difference in this is this, that it is his anticipated love. And by the grace of God, we have been teaching these things. Mike can attest this with me as God has been giving it, giving it to both of us to teach for, for a while by his pure grace, his anticipative love, his prevenient grace, so that we function, that we function in what kind? We function in foundational security. <laughs> we just function that way. That spirit, soul, and body. That is spirit, soul, and body. And we can be these joints that supply. 
but a joint that supplies, not an ounce. There's a joint that supplies, there's no doubt in it. There's no fear in it. There's none. There's no comparison in it. There's no wisdom in comparison and comparing in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. There's no wisdom in that. There's none. And God will even use to humble us, even in an individual that gives these things and may even pronounce them the wrong way. And I'll be the first one to say, that's me. Pronounce them the wrong way. Maybe not to say them quite clearly enough, but I do believe as we're entreatable, as we are entreatable, he'll give us the grace that's, that, that we're not even aware of. That's why we need to be humble and wait, patience. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4, right? We need to, uh, love is patient. So even when I don't understand something, his anticipative love and his prevenient grace is still for me. In Romans 8, 31 and Psalm 56 and verse 9, it's still for me. But I have to wait until it's extremely passive, passive grace, meaning it's not a thing about me. And when it's not a thing about me and it's all Christ, that's First Peter 5 and verse 6, verse 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, Christ. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. And what does it say? Due time. What is that? That's the timing and the provision where, no, where the flesh won't any longer or can't take advantage of those things. That's what it says. Casting all your anxiety upon him. We anxious? Do we want to know something right when it's given to us? We want, and when we can't figure it out, what do we do? Who should we go to? Should we discuss it among ourselves? What we don't know and can't understand? Or should we give ourselves to prayer, all of us, in Acts 6 and verse 4, and then he will give us he will minister his word to us. But that's humility. It's always passive first. Self-helplessness. Self-hopelessness. Then when it's Christ and him only in this particular area of growth, then he gives me the grace in the middle voice. The middle voice is now I can participate and have fellowship with Christ in a way that I've never had before. And this takes time and it takes growth. And this is again, First Peter 5 and verse 5, it starts with that, you younger, submit yourself to the elder. Submit yourself to the elder. Yeah, well, maybe even when he makes mistakes, well, God will honor you. There's no correct him. <laughs> I can attest to you. Be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. And then as you're clothed with humility, you know what that means? You're clothed with Jesus Christ. If you want to know what humility is, I'm going to make it simple. It's Jesus Christ. Period. Period. And be clothed with humility. Then you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Many, the hand of God, literally, seriously, are those in Hebrews 13, 7, and in Hebrews 13, 17, they're your guides. They don't know everything. They don't know everything. 
They don't. And even if they abide not faithful, here's what, this does away with a, a lack of forgiveness. It does away with, a, with comparison. Even if we abide not faithful, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to and through the Apostle Paul to himself and to Timothy and to all of us. Even when we abide not faithful, what? He abides faithful. He will never deny himself. He'll, he'll, the truth may be ours, but he has to deny it until the flesh enters to the proper place to, to receive the word, a place of self-helplessness and self-hopelessness. And we can trust him. And when we do, we experience the obedience that Christ has given us that we can function in by a submission of a will and be one with him in that obedience and be free from all shame, all guilt, all condemnation, all comparison, and just Christ will be all. And Father, we thank you this morning for your precious word that only God, the Holy Spirit, can give us. He's Christ is the faithful one. He's the never-changing one in Malachi 3, 6 and James 1 and verse 17. He's the same, all the same, yesterday. When did I need him? When I was in self-help and self-hope. This is Romans chapter 5, 6, 12, 1 through 21. He's the same in my yesterday. What was my yesterday? I couldn't do a thing without him. I had needs. I couldn't meet them. Has it changed today? Will it change for all eternity, ages unto the ages? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, oh boy, he's our forever. He's our eternity. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.